subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So we're here with Norm Thomas in San Antonio, Texas. Norm is on his way to San Marcos for the start of the Texas Water Safari. You've been involved with this race since 1978? Yeah, 1978. And I say race, uh, it's the Water Safari. Is it an actual race? And if so, what exactly is it? It's a... um, I will tell you that the the, uh, safari varies with the competitor there are world-class paddlers that race that will just blow your socks off and then there are the rest of us um who put more emphasis on the safari part than the race part and how about you you were actually inducted into the hall of fame last year i believe that's uh yeah i'm going to get a little pin or something this year but the um yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm a representative of someone that gets in because they just keep showing up and finishing. It's it's uh, I think it's kind of like the um, I'm getting a gold watch kind of thing. Not uh, not here's a great paddler. I always like the word just because what's easy for you would not be easy for me, which is paddling a canoe from what is that 150 miles further. Um, it's, it's 260 something between. Yeah, so I was only off by 110. <laughs> yeah, not that much. And, but like I thought in 1978 with my other, with a buddy, I did it with a buddy in 1978 and we were going to win it, of course, cause we were, we'd gotten out of the army a few years earlier and we we're a couple Rangers and we could do anything. And we learned real quick that there's more to paddling than just sticking that wooden thing in the water a bunch of times. <laughs> yeah, and I want to get into the technique some, but I really, you know, interpersonal interaction is huge in all that we do. And I can't imagine being in a canoe with another person nonstop, 260 miles. I mean, you're going around the clock. How do you not be at the other person's throat? 
I don't know. <laughs> I, I only did it, I've done it solo since 98, and uh, I did it with my best friend in um, 1978, and we survived. And what, we f what you find when you're with another person is that there will be times it, during any ultramarathon event when uh, one will reach his breaking point. And when there's another person there, oftentimes the breaking points don't coincide, which allows one person to carry the other one. And so I know there were times when I carried my buddy, and I know for sure there were some times where uh, <laughs> he definitely carried me. And uh, I know the one that really sticks out in my mind is, I think, about the last six or seven miles of this race, which is across an open bay. You cannot coast to the finish. Um, he definitely carried me because I was completely blown. And for a period, I think just uh, he got out. We all got out. We were in shallower water, and he pulled the canoe, and I just like a little baby followed along behind him while he, he walked a couple miles to the finish. Uh, and and uh, we, uh, I think as I recall, I think we dragged our boat across the finish line. I don't think we paddled across the finish line in 78. But I've never been more happy to, to reach something. It, it was uh, the hardest thing that I had, had done uh, in my life up, up to that point. Isn't that funny? I mean, that final six miles, which sounds like nothing after when compared to 260, but when it's you're actually the person in that moment and you're looking at that six miles, you know you're blown and that it could actually be a couple of hours. I mean, what's your mind like at that point? Dear Lord, <laughs> please let me take another step. I, I just know to finish that race, uh, we had to walk as far as we could. We walked to the horizon, then we took a left and walked to the next horizon, and then we finished. <laughs> Now, tell us about the river. I mean, what's it like going through a Texas river? There's water moccasins, there's snakes, there's uh, log jams, I'm sure. And, I mean, do you know what's coming up at all? Is there a map, Any anything that tells you about river conditions? Through the years, um, I, changes. I've, I've kind of learned a few things. Because when we did it in 1978, we'd seen maybe five miles of the river. And uh, that's also the way I did it for probably my next seven or eight races. Um, I just looked at it as a uh, show up and do this river. Every turn was a surprise. Every strainer was a surprise. Every log jam was a surprise. And, you know, my, my mindset at the time was just uh, face whatever comes, adapt, and overcome. And uh, we, were, we were able to do that. But I've learned as I got wiser and a little older that we wasted a lot of energy, a lot of strength. And so maybe practice is a good thing to do sometime on the, on the river <laughs> that exists. But uh, it's a beautiful river. We start on the San Marcos River. We start at its very headwaters in a lake where there's, um, I don't know how many springs are coming up out of the water, but it's just crystal clear beautifully. It's just beautiful uh, in the city of San Marcos little narrow beautiful river and then uh, after about uh, almost 90 miles it it joins with the river called the Guadalupe which is uh, wider uh, the current gets noticeably slower and then it's a 
mainly a slog for the uh, t- till the end, with a few uh, just hair-raising exceptions along the way. Because every now and then there's some places that can break a person or a boat. So there are some rapids that you have to uh, navigate. Yes, there's there's a few rapids, um, and if you don't know what you're doing, uh, you know you can you can hurt yourself and the boat there. But they're not uh, they're not the they're not high class rapids. They're not class three or four, and um, the log jams are killers. Um, the temperature is another killer because it's. Um, I think my hot, my hottest race it was uh, hovered around 110 back around 1998 I think it was and uh, usually it's it's way above 90 degrees and uh, not a lot of shade. <laughs> Can you just jump out of the boat and cool off in the river? That's a great idea to do, um, and you can do that until you get down to the last probably 60 miles. And I used to jump out of the the river and cool off there until um, the night um, after I'd done it several times when a uh, 12 or 13 foot alligator went after a buddy of mine who was in another solo boat uh, next to mine and so I don't get out in the river anymore down in their neck of the woods that's their neighborhood not mine 12 or 13 feet (laughs) that's pretty good sized um how do you see at night how do you light a boat i have discovered for me i use two mag light flashlights uh that my buddy has put together a nice piece of closed cell foam on the bow of my boat and it is fantastic just a, just a regular mag light uh i think it takes c cell batteries and the the batteries will last uh 12 hours so a set of batteries will last me all night and I love paddling now, but I haven't had lights except for my last two or three safaris. I've, um, I kind of poor boyed it all the time, and so a lot of my safaris were going down with no lights, other than maybe a little headlight. But you turn that off because of the bugs, and so you just look up at the sky, and look down in the river, and to see if you you know you listen for obstacles up ahead, and you watch for stobs and different things in the river. But if you look up into the sky you actually can see the little road where the, between the trees and you just kind of stay in the middle of that <laughs> that's how i paddle at night but now with the lights with the mag lights it's that's the way to go and there's other high-tech lights people people buy that cost a couple hundred bucks but that's not the way i go now we are sitting out on a deck right now and that is thunder that you're hearing in the background so what happens when there's a big storm that uh maybe causes some log fall that even though you've paddled the river, I mean, a storm can change it. Oh, it, it'll change. It changes every year. The river always looks a little different every year because of flood, floods and different things. Right. Some years it's record lows. Otherwise, um, in 2000, we had a, uh, we started in what was supposed to be a very low year, but uh, we had three days of rain leading up to the safari. They started the safari it kept raining, and within 40 miles of the start of the race, we were in a full-fledged flood, and there were refrigerators, trees. Uh, I, I actually did a little, uh, uh, about a, almost 200 miles into the race, I helped a, uh, the sheriff's office who was up on a cliff looking down at a Suburban that was in the water, and I thought I was going to see a body, 
in there, but fortunately there wasn't. But I, there were cars floating in the river as well. That was a, that was an that was an exciting year. I got second in solo that year, only because ten of the guys ahead of me broke their boats. <laughs> so it's just uh, sometimes it's who can make it? <laughs> can you can you survive it? So that brings up a great point that I'd like to have us wrap this up with but that's in 78 you're a young guy it's 40 years ago i mean you even said you felt like you could do anything you could muscle through it and as you've matured uh i believe you've found that there's something to technique <laughs> amen and uh i i uh, i'm really turning into a paddler uh, last year was actually the first year that i single bladed the whole way and uh it felt wonderful. I, before that, I'd always double-bladed because I thought, you know, that's what real men do. But no, <laughs> real real men know how to paddle uh, with any kind of thing, and, and I'm really getting some technique. I, I think it's a real lifetime sport. I really love it. So just for those of us who aren't educated in paddling, can you explain what double and single blade is? Sure. Uh, uh, you know, you see somebody in a kayak, Eskimo, with their little long a long paddle with a blade on both ends that's a double blade and a single blades just a uh, just has one paddle and something you've been doing this year i know you gave your slot to another uh racer and you're actually going to be officiating greeting people as they finish at the end um which was actually really nice of you but uh i know you're going to be going back to it as a competitor what are some things that you've been working on as far as balance and yoga and, and really overall fitness? Well, this uh, this thing I've always heard about, you know, the core. Um, I don't know that I've ever had a core consciously. Uh, as a young man, when I could do, uh, you know, 100 push-ups easily and, you know, anything that Airborne Ranger can do, um, I don't think I appreciated what the core was. I just had it. But now that I've put on the weight and uh, you get older, uh, those little tiny muscles in your body matter. And through uh, yoga, I'm getting in touch with them. And the way I look at it is I've really got more of my boys, as I call them. I think all the little muscle fibers in me are, are really working as a team now. And I'm, I've never paddled this well. And I... I I think, and I know the the veterans all around me are telling me that I, I should be able to uh, finish uh, in the top 25, which would really be cool for an old man. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that, if that's possible. Well, I hope you have a great weekend with the paddlers, and I uh, look forward to you competing again in the very near future. Thanks, brother. Love you. 